All right. There we go. We have music. It's queued up this time. We know which episode we're on. It's the 11th, if you're wondering. Uh, yeah, welcome back, everybody. We are here once again to discuss uh, Class Warfare in Space, because that's literally the name of the game uh, in the title below us, as you can clearly see if you're watching this on Twitch, and I hope you are. Uh, but we also do, uh, of course, put this out as a podcast, so you can tell your friends, send it to them over. Which, on... actually, I gotta, I, I have been uh, amiss in uh, oh, no. posting that, so tomorrow's going to be a, a triple header for anyone who's trying to catch up. <laughs> For all, all right. your, your podcast binging needs. Uh, <laughs> well, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, you know, here's the thing. So when I worked in entertainment, whenever, like, producers and stuff would get mad about shit, yeah. I'd always be like, we don't work in a hospital. No one's going to die. The worst thing that happens, nobody's going to die. And now people will die if I don't do my job. So <laughs> I've had other things on my mind. But I promise tomorrow... We will be up on uh, up on the SoundCloud, which I, I think has been pretty inactive for the last couple of weeks. But we'll fix that. Don't worry, folks. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we definitely I, excuse you on this one, Squirrel. Not a problem. And I have no room to talk. I don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have been very busy uh, with work as well. Uh, so, But I did manage to pop on and do a, little, a couple of live tweets this week. It was kind of fun. Uh, nice. Felt, felt good to be back in that saddle again. Um, was thinking about trying to do like yeah, a training so, thing for that, but hasn't happened. So, I, yeah, I was gonna say, it you will. know, not space related news. Uh, sounds like Nuri might throw her hat in the ring. So She's... we just have the worst election ever for mayor uh, of Los Angeles. Uh, it's gonna be so bad. There was a great Scott, Scott Frazier tweet, uh, where he said something about contemplating, um, Los Angeles headed by. Nuri Martinez uh, in city council and Joe Buscaino as mayor and the the physical manifestation of the mental strife it was it was it was manifesting itself physically and making him feel pain um, and then it got worse because it's the contemplation of well you could actually just have Nuri as mayor <laughs> and Joe Buscaino as the uh, president of the city council but no. don't worry. He's not uh, running for city council. He'd Elon have to drop Musk. that. Well, he could get elected that. Like, if Nuri moves, Good. then, you know, somebody's got to fill that seat. Um, and the Los Feliz Ledger, I know they'd be pulling for Nithia, but... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, don't worry, folks. Uh, we can we can all flee to Mars soon enough because Elon managed to not blow up a spaceship. Yeah, that was actually so, kind of fun. So, with that on our mind, that Mars is within reach, how are you doing this week, Logan? Uh, I'm doing excellent. Uh, I'm finally mostly over the effects of my second shot, so good to go there. Uh, I got to walk into a grocery store this week, which is I haven't done since March 2020. And wow. uh, the Clippers beat the Lakers last night, so I'm having a great week. <laughs> <laughs> they did, didn't they? They beat them pretty yes, badly. There was no LeBron, no AD, so it like <laughs> if the Clippers didn't win that one, then we would be having so a it was, conversation. So it was more like a it was more like an eighty eight Olympic situation where like none of the real competition showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was it was most certainly that, but it's still, you know, for me it's fun to watch. Oh, uh speaking of the Olympics, did you hear the news that they're uh the, I was listening to the BBC talking about this and they said if the Olympics happens this year, so apparently 
Tokyo has managed to fuck up their handling of the coronavirus so badly that they might actually end up having to actually cancel the 2020 Olympics, even though it's um, it's not 2020 anymore, but I guess it's still the 2020 Olympics. But they, they, we'll they just see. put everything into like another hard, hard lockdown, which apparently they didn't do a very hard lockdown last time. Uh, no. And it's it's like fucking bad. Like they're rushing things to get the Olympics ready and they're just not going to have it their shit together. Apparently, like the athletes will be showing up like the week of the games, which is mm-hmm. not how it normally works at all. Uh, yeah. So everyone's kind of just like, is this really like a thing we should do? It's weird well, most, that they're yeah. that they're freaking out so much, considering that they just directly told everybody that they don't want any black athletes to attend. Yeah, yeah. What? That was no a Black one. Lives Matter it. shirts. Yeah. No Black Lives Matter protests. No, like no political no BLM whatsoever. Yeah. No. Uh, no political statements at all. Um, um, and they, they have a very me for a moment while I go grab my that, "fuck so. the Olympics" T-shirt. Yeah. But I was gonna say so. Um, you know, uh, before we spend too much time slack-jawing here, uh, uh, before we get to the actual episodes, because uh, we're going to run through uh, episodes uh, four, uh, th- sorry, three and four. No, four and four five. Four and five. No, three and, yeah, four, four and five. five. Uh, so Godspeed and then home. Uh, but before we do that, with our bit of space news, because I like to do this to kind of set yeah. the tone, uh, for the first time ever, well, when it comes to space stuff, this means for the last couple of years, because of the way telescopes work, uh, scientists have been able to track, and this is a technical term, the spaghettification of a star. And so what happens is if you get trapped in a black hole's orbit, you get spaghettified because the gravitational pull is so extreme, the side of you that's closer gets stretched out infinitely long and thin, and the other side takes a little while to get there. So a star that is trapped in a black hole feeding the mass of a uh, galactic-sized black hole uh, is being spaghettified, and scientists, you know, having theorized that this would happen, have a- actually been able to see it happening. Which is so cool. And, <laughs> and Chris, I always pick on you about this stuff. So, oh, Logan, fuck. explain to us the gravitational <laughs> tidal forces that, you know, I'm just kidding, but it's actually very, very cool stuff. And it's fun that, like, the theories that we have about weird shit in the universe, uh, like black holes, which are, you know, mind bogglingly insane things to exist in general, uh, are proven correct. Like, that's just kind of cool. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, thank you for sharing that lovely comic that you dropped in the chat. Um, I wish we could just, you know, I, I wish I had an easy way to just share it with the, the, the anyone tuned in right now, but it's a, uh, it's marvelous. Absolutely. I can, marvelous. I can do this. I can do this. You can, you can share web pages, right? Uh, yeah, I guess I can. Let's see. I can, I can pop that open. Uh, Mars needs money makers. Okie dokie. Absolutely wild. Uh, let's put that in there. Boom. Sending out a note to go to everyone can go and check it out on Reddit. Uh, it looks like it, well, it posted to one of the three channels. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Restream fair enough. is all fucked up lately. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but it's great because Elon is insane. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great comic. Everyone should go read it. Uh, <laughs> He'll be on SNL tomorrow night, folks. Oh, fuck. I forgot about AKA that. AKA stay off Twitter night. <laughs> oh, I wonder how much oh. Dogecoin's going to jump by. Well, I'll tell you later. <laughs> just uh get those just campaign don't get, donations uh, going yeah don't get a uh, don't don't get caught holding the bag on that uh on those tulips no definitely not anyway so but yeah 
let's uh let's jump into godspeed so Fantastic. uh to catch us up for where we're at is uh uh eros is a gigantic fuster cluck and uh the crew of the ross and ante would like to do something about this and miller has a brilliant plan uh that has uh some interesting ideas uh and fred johnson is now sold on it so let's jump right into the heart of the matter where he's trying to sell uh, James Holden on this uh, very sane plan to ram the Naboo, which is the large Mormon generation ship, into Eros to knock Eros into the sun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here it goes. I did. I killed a mad scientist. And now we need to kill his science experiment. And how do you suppose we do that? The Martian quarantine patrols are going to clear us a lane? The patrols are gone. The Inners have been redeploying ships all over the system since Earth blew up Deimos. Eros is unguarded. And it's only a matter of time before someone lands on it and takes a sample or gets infected. What does any of this have to do with him? Miller's leading the demolition team to plant explosives around the docks. It's not going to work. Even if you mine the docks, if someone wants him badly enough, they'll find a way. That's why we're going to use that to knock Eros right into the sun. Did you just say you were going to use the Nauvoo as a battering ram? It's well put. The Nauvoo is a cathedral. I, I'm, I was going to say this. Go for th it. This is a, a great plan. You know, like Eros, like we said, is very big. And since the Nauvoo is a cathedral, it has a lot of mass. That's been fun. That's our time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be here eventually. Who knows when? Uh, wow, that was fuck. great. A. <laughs> uh, I was. I'm glad that I let you go with that because I was just going to point out how I love the the follow up line from Naomi later was when she says the Mormons are going to be pissed, uh, and she's not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. No. Mormons in space. Actually, it's apparently it's the Mormons in Salt Lake City who are very upset. Uh, and are filing complaints with the head of the world government about it uh, <laughs> when all this shit goes down. But yeah, honestly, not a bad plan. Like, you know, if you can get, because what it really comes down to is like, it's a conservation of momentum. So if you get that mm -hmm. ship, which is fucking huge, moving fast enough, which it can do, and you hit a giant rock, the problem really comes down to the fact that it's a giant amalgamation of rocks and it's actually doesn't have that much gravity holding it together so it probably would be more like a impact which would then like i don't know exactly what it would do but it would probably have a lot of things going off of it and i'm not sure how much of it would like move forward in the trajectory that they're expecting it to but for the sake of this show let's just pretend that an asteroid is actually a solid mass of rock rather than a massive heap of rubble floating in space loosely held together uh as we as that i believe that one is is on that order i don't think it's uh nearly enough there's nearly enough gravity to have like actually merged the bits together um whenever we've tried to do anything with like smaller asteroids it's it's actually really funny watching them try to land stuff on them because if you come in with like any velocity you just go you just fly back off into space. Uh, that's exactly what would happen here. Uh <laughs> yeah. But also, like, the sun being the biggest gravity well in the system, like, you kind yes. of push stuff towards it. 
eventually it's gonna it's gonna run into the sun. So it's not quite how it works. Um, like it actually takes a lot of energy to move things into the sun. Like it's complicated, but you you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Because you basically need to slow down its forward momentum in order to slow it down to fall down into the sun. So you actually need to spend a lot of energy. You can't just deflect it. You have to slow it down in its orbital, you know, pattern. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's, I like, I love this show so much, but at the same time, like sometimes I'm just like, Ha! <laughs> so close, and yet no. But anyway, the, proto- the proto molecules all over the place. That's <laughs> right. what makes it possible. It's totally irrelevant That's anyway. It. In just a couple of minutes. <laughs> I mean, look, Chris. When 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 an actual asteroid gets infected by extraterrestrial technology, we'll call you, and you can come up with the real world plan. No, um, <laughs> but speaking of real world plans, uh, there's a real world dressing the fuck down going on back at UNN headquarters when uh, Jules Pierre Mount, because basically the, the other thing that happened uh, early on in this episode was uh, Fred Johnson sent a set of coordinates to Avasarala at the end of the last episode. Uh, she then sent a sneaky, sneaky ship out to those coordinates to go figure out what is there. Uh, they found a dead stealth ship. I believe that this is the dead stealth ship that was uh, the one that Alex blew up. Yes. Um, yeah. It didn't really say that anywhere, but I guess it. Well, he, he killed the drive. Yeah, so he he killed the drive, and it kind of drifted off. And I guess that also killed life support because everyone on board the ship uh, was also dead when they yes. found it in space. So apparently, you know, he didn't just damage it; he, you know, killed the crew. Um, but they don't really go into to too many details. But everyone on the ship worked for Protogen. Yes. Um, and Kodazar is able to determine, like, hey, shady shit's going on with Protogen. <laughs> and then they they connect that up to uh, Mao Kirkowski Mercantile, which is, as they point out, one of the mega corporations that owns, like, half of everything. Uh, so yeah. it's not like it's implausible that Mao wouldn't know what was going on. But with the kinds of expenses that they're dealing with here, it's pretty obvious that they're cooking the books. Uh, to hide mm-hmm. massive outlays of capital uh, required to finance literally building your own secret private army of literal stealth ships, which would cost an incredible amount of money. Um, it, it, yeah. Do they do they go into, like, in the books how the stealth tech works? No, not really. It just okay. sort of, it, you know, a lot of it is the, the paint that they use that doesn't reflect light. It yeah. scatters the EM spectrum. And, okay. you know, there's stuff like today when we when we build stealth ships, and we've talked about this a yeah. little bit, like it's the coating on the outside and the angles that yep. makes it so that whatever waves you send out, it don't scatter back in the straight way so you can actually get the read on them. Yep. Like it just sort of like, you know, gives you a pattern that the, the radar can't decode as like it's going, it's over in that direction going this fast, whatever. But during this meeting, what also happens is, you know, Avasarala kind of puts the screws to Mao, and uh, Sadavir thinks that he's doing a good job covering for Mao. Um, but Mao <laughs> sees through it all, and Mao he's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, but Mao Mao understands like Avasarala has him dead to rights. You know, oh, yeah. Sadavir is the the stupid money at the table in this in this instance. Absolutely, uh, and he makes a total ass of himself later. Uh, yeah, but. Leaving Earth behind for a moment, the the last time that we saw Holden and Naomi interacting with uh, Miller, things got heated. You know, the last last time at the end of the last episode, uh, there was a, a words were exchanged. 
Um, mm-hmm. Holden blew his top in a way that you don't really see him do that often. And it actually, honestly, it wasn't necessarily the most convincing acting in the series from him. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it, you know, it's understandable. He was a bit upset. Uh, he was wrong. Uh, <laughs> Miller was right to do what he did. Uh, but I, I like that Naomi uh, does what she does here in, uh, in this little scene. Here we go. Now, I hope you're not coming for your pound of flesh because I don't know if I got that much to spare. No speeches, I promise. Why are you doing this? Uh, I don't know, I've never done a spacewalk before and the kid here says it's better than sex. I don't know if he can really make that comparison. You don't say nothing. Me crush ass to dust. You're doing this for Julie. But you know that destroying errors won't rid us of all the proton molecule. You know what we hid out there. Did you tell Fred? No. Uh, this mission misses on me. But a uh, nice sample. That's on you. Fucking Diogo, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a good line. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> crush dust or crush ass crush to ass dust. To dust. dust. Yeah. Putting that on my Tinder profile. Who under? Uh... You know, if Matthew Perry put that on his Raya profile, he might have gotten better swipes. What? <laughs> Tim knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let's not go down that path right now. Okie dokie. It's a dark dark places but as you mentioned <laughs> earlier there's a the 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 generation ship is it's very big it is a large not small ship and so yeah. just like when you have the ever given stuck 90 degrees to the suez canal <laughs> you need to you need to reposition this stuff Comrade because even though given. yeah even though like you know like the even though there's there's not necessarily gravity like pulling down on uh, the the um, the Naboo a mass you know F equals M A holds true in space yeah. yeah so you need to you need to create the F for the M A and so the way that they do this is actually pretty interesting because like the use of technology here is like you know would you have hundreds of little manned tugs out there or would you have thousands of unmanned drones operating in concert with split second timing without any opportunity for human error yes. Clearly the latter. Yeah. Um, although I like that it watched toward the end because uh, one of the dumbass drones just decides to like go into the engine plume for some fucking reason and just goes as it, as it goes off screen. You're like, how? Like, why would I mean, it do that? <laughs> also, why would you animate that? I don't know. I, that, that's the drone that achieved <laughs> sentience and was like, this is my lot in life. My life no. is hell. What is my purpose? You get butter. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, the biggest statue. <laughs> There's probably a ton of money in that statue. Mostly, it's got to have at least some level of gold plating on it. And knowing the Mormons are there, they might have just Tug for reorient. 
and Julie. Huh. Yep. Yep. She 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 keeps showing up in these clips. Well, what's up with that? Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's almost like the proto molecule has some some kind of a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of plans, uh, should I just roll the next clip? Yeah, just a really good one liner. It's so good. I like this plan. Engines are ready for full power up. <laughs> Oh, Amos. <laughs> it is simple. It is effective. It is right up Mr. Burton's alley. Yeah. You blow shit up. You boom. smash other shit. Like, hey, there you go. <laughs> that is something that he could grasp. And it's to save the system. So, hey, he can understand everything. There is no moral ambiguity. He is good to go. <laughs> Amazing. It's 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 great. Honestly, that was one of my favorite lines in this episode, I, I, as soon as he said it, I was just like, ha, I forgot he said that line before. It's so good. <laughs> uh, but yes, so back on Earth. Um, actually, no, this is before that. No, we got uh, this is this is, I think, just pretty cool because, again, it shows the scale of the Naboo. And like, you know, when you watch Star Trek or you watch like soft sci fi and they're like, hey, the the, uh, you know, uh, the Enterprise, the NSC 1701D, which is like kilometers long. It's like a five kilometer long ship. It's got 2,500 people on it or something like that. Like fucking massive, you know, larger than it's, it's huge. Yeah. And they just take off like that. They're like impulse power and it just moves. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how stuff moves in space. So this is a little bit more realistic of what it takes to move thousands and thousands of metric tons. I think this is the one where you actually get to see the drone, uh, obliterate yeah. itself. So here we go. Yeah. You wouldn't hear it because it's in space, but whatever. I'm here for it anyway. All the drones are running away. Can imagine the Mormons the Mormons on like the station have to be watching this going like, oh fuck. Oh yeah. There goes my tithing. Yeah, here we go. Watch, watch the, uh, it's like the second to the last one that's leaving. Just, like, sepulchers itself. There it goes. <laughs> Bye. And that's like, you know, that's like 12 nuclear reactors, like big-ass oh, yeah. fusion reactors all firing at once and barely moving that stuff. It's, um... It's very interesting. It is. No, they, they did. I think they did a really good job of like actually conveying the sense of scale. I like. I I remember um, the first time I really grasped the difference in the size of like the rockets when I worked at SpaceX was um, yeah. after watching a bunch of like Falcon One rockets go up, which is a single engine little tiny thing that we launched off of a little island in the middle of the South Pacific. Um, that thing you lit its engine and it kind of went off like a big Estes rocket, right? Where you fire it and it's going, boom, just goes, right? The first time we launched a Falcon 9, we were watching it and we're just like, it's not moving. The engines are firing, it's, it's not moving. Up? It's not, oh, oh, here. Oh, oh thank God it actually moved. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing like with Falcon Heavy, it was even worse because that thing is just massive. Right, but yeah. like big things with lots of power behind them still take forever to get moving. So uh, cheers to the, uh, the the animators who did a good job of conveying that sense of mass. Uh, well done. 
you earn yeah. your ha- hard sci-fi prize for uh, realism, despite the sound effects. Uh, and yeah, good job. And then I don't know why they killed that drone, but whatever. It was. Just one of the the VFX uh, crew just putting in a little joke for themselves. I yeah. wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that was a little Easter egg for themselves. Just like, hey, watch this one. It's just going to blow up for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, on Earth, other stuff is blowing up for uh, for Sadavir. Um And we can we can watch this one real quick, where Mao sort of like just calls him an idiot. Um, and oh, yeah. you sort of see the, you know, the, the difference between like a private business. I'm going to say trillionaire. We don't actually know how much Mao is worth, but I'm just oh, going to assume inflation is, is held steady. Yeah. And um, just a high level bureaucrat, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And apparently not a very bright one. Cutthroat, but not that bright. But she's still chasing shadows. So let's not lose our heads here. Of course, you can't see it. You're top dog in a bureaucracy filled with idiots. And your failure to control your own office has compromised this project. Force me to explore other options. That sounds like a threat. You need me. You need my government's resources and my protection. I need a patron who understands the historic importance of what's happening and can adjust his worldview accordingly. But you're just trying to save your job, so I'll let you get back to it. I mean, and that is kind of an interesting point, though, is, you know, when it does come to, to governments versus private business, government has the ability to break the law because it is the source of law. So he needs some sort of governmental sponsor. Otherwise, he's got no coverage. And so who else could possibly be a patron other than Earth? Well, the answer is obviously Mars. Yeah. That one right there. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, it's 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 Mars. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get more of that later. But um, in the meantime, uh, like, <laughs> it is really fun watching the various clips of Sadavir just like losing his shit and just like getting very drunk and very angry and like not keeping it together. Um, you actually, yeah, that that'll that'll come next episode though. Uh, it, well, it happens in this one too. Uh, it happened both of them. He he does it a few times. It, it's it's yeah. uh it's a it's a repeating theme for him when he loses control. He not not a happy camper. Um, but back to uh, Eros, the crew of the Rasenante has played their role. They have transported uh, the bombs where, while the guy Molinari takes the, uh, the fuses and the people to put the fuses on the bombs. So you, you ship the two things separately so that one doesn't go boom and will just take everything out. Um, not that they were expecting any resistance, but it makes sense. So anyway, they're, they're all there and it's uh, time to go and... Uh, uh, hatch that you know take the next step in this plan all right let's do this amos drop the ordinance roger that bombs away always want to say that <laughs> he's such a kid <laughs> oh amos we love you so, yeah, and while that's all happening, uh, the uh, the crew that's meant to do all of the arming is having their own fun, and Miller is having an amazing, wonderful, world-class time on his hands because he just loves space so much. How the hell are you about to? Never done no spacewalk ever. I'm more of a city belter. <laughs> he 
it's just a great one-liner again it's just you know it is it's it it absolutely is so uh uh, you know, needless to say, it is pretty funny. They, they, they very well convey the fact that uh, Diogo, who is uh, Miller's partner in this escapade, uh, clearly very comfortable and at ease and relaxed and just kind of cruising. Um, and, you know, everything goes very nicely for him. Miller, not comfortable, flailing around. Everything goes horribly. He actually loses a detonator, but that's okay because Diogo is a good belter and carries a spare. Um, yeah. But it's funny because that actually... That kind of ties back to what actually happened the first time that any human tried to do a spacewalk, um, or at least the first time that any uh, American tried to do a spacewalk. Uh, they didn't know what would happen. And so they had this whole set of plans of like, this is how you need to comport yourself in order to do the spacewalk. And it actually nearly killed the astronaut because he spent so much of his oxygen struggling and trying to like control things the way that you know, they had told him to do and following the instructions from NASA uh, that it, it like he very nearly killed himself trying to get back into the capsule because he was fighting it the whole time uh, versus well, just like they, they like trained in like swimming pools and stuff. And they just kind of assumed zero gravity would be like underwater. Yeah, but they, they were thinking they, they're I forget exactly what ended up happening, but he basically was fighting against it the entire time and struggling and burning through his oxygen super, super fast. But then the next time that they went up there, the guy was just like, they just had him just like just relax and kind of like float and let it happen. And it went perfectly. So uh, it, it's, it's just, there's a fun little reflection on what actually happened in real life with space exploration way back in the day, <laughs> echoed here between uh, Miller and Diogo. It's all about like being experienced and comfortable and doing something that you're familiar with versus like, holy shit, I'm terrified. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. So I'm, you know, kicking into my baser nature, which is to uh, struggle and try to comport yourself, uh, which, you know, it kind of makes sense. People do the same thing too. When they're facing, you know, imminent uh, harm, they panic and they yeah. flail about. So anyway, uh, I don't know how to pull in this next clip. Fuck this doctor. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck this guy. So this is this is uh, we saw a cameo from him. And I don't want to talk too much about the Erasmus, but he was uh, when Holden and uh, Miller were rescued from Eros. He popped up on the, the view screen for a bit, talking about the humanitarian disaster. And surprise, surprise, him and a rented ship happened to be on Eros when they thought no one else would be there. And he assu he assures Holden and his crew that nobody went into Eros. They haven't seen anything. They've been unable to get in and they should just. Let them leave without any further ado. Uh, the whole time Holden and his crew are pretending to be Martians just sort of to keep the fear of God in the doctors so they don't do anything stupid. Um, a ploy that doesn't work out very well for anyone involved. No, because it turns out that there's a bunch of lies going on because uh, Miller finds this. Find the gap. Hey, keep going. I'll catch up with you. Hey, we got the job. Do what I said. Honestly, Miller in a spacesuit with the gun, it's kind of perfect noir for this. I have no it notes. It is, especially, especially being a revolver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. 
Though I don't think he has a recoil this one, so that would not be a lot of fun to shoot in space. No! But I do like that they've got just an IDE cable hanging out of that panel. They're like, it's space tech! It's like, no, bro, that's like... We stopped using that shit ten years ago here on Earth. I have notes for the props department on the tech side of things. Yeah, Sinante, we got a body in an airlock down here. <gasps> oh no! It's a body yep. in an airlock. And th that particular body happens to be wearing a Marasmus uh, spacesuit, which um, I guess it makes sense that every spaceship comes with like spacesuits with their name printed on it. But it's also it's just a very convenient plot device. Oh, Whenever you find so. somebody in a spacesuit, they always have the name of their ship printed on it. And Especially if you're know. on a secret mission, you have to have the name just right <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Julie had her Scopuli spacesuit. Yep. Uh, I don't think anybody was wearing any spacesuits that said the uh, the Anubis. I don't know. Yeah, no, they uh, the Secret Army didn't have their names no, printed they're on their suits. They're so. the only ones that don't follow that rule because they are the actual, like, most evil characters in this entire series. <laughs> um, and they've got no rules. Uh, but, yeah, so regardless, uh, not not good things happen. Um, the Doctor's an asshole. He puts Miller in a really – not Miller. He puts uh, Holden in a really bad position uh, with a stupid line. Uh, I don't know if the line's in the clip, but I'm just mad at him for being just a, a pompous, righteous asshole, but – yeah. Fuck that doctor. Lucinante, what's the problem? We're complying yeah. with your order. You lied to me, doctor. You hacked into Eros. We found your dead colleague in the airlock. I told Dr. Kane not to touch it, but he never listens. He tried to get the sample, but it attacked him. Almost like it felt threatened. I've never seen anything like it. It was everywhere. Hold in, they're changing course, heading back around Eros. They're trying to use the asteroid to block out jamming. You need to turn your ship around right now and surrender to us. All of you might be infected. We have to be sure. We swore an oath and have a duty to broadcast the truth to the Listen city. to me, Doctor. You have no idea what you're dealing with here. It's not a disease. It's obviously some kind of weapon. You Martians have been using these peppers as guinea pigs. If any one of you are infected, you could wipe out millions. Turn your ship around! I promise you'll not be harmed. We won't. Let you silence us to protect your experiment. If you broadcast, people will come here to investigate and we won't be able to contain it. This is not our experiment. We're not a military unit. My name is James Holden. I am not your enemy. We're out of time. If they get the asteroid between our ships, we'll lose our jamming signal and they will be able to broadcast everything they saw inside Eris. Alex gonna miss a lock. Release fire control to me. Are you serious? Just do it! You got less than a minute. I'm trying to save your life. I swear to you, we want the same thing. Please, don't make me kill you. If we truly want the same things, then you know what you need to do. You got 30 seconds. You have to say, they actually did a good job of like, following the time in the episode relative to the actual time taken. 10 seconds. Well, not that far. <laughs> yeah, this is the longest 10 seconds ever. Well, it was also the shortest 20 seconds. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
it's kind of anticlimactic, yeah. honestly. Well, but and and so as we get into the next clip, and this is something I did want to point out is uh, James Holden's inability to make hard decisions quickly kind of fucks everyone repeatedly. And mm. in this sense, it really fucks Miller because if he had just fired that missile thirty seconds earlier, uh, the debris field probably would not have shot through the exact area where Diogo and Miller were trying to set up nuclear bombs, and probably would not have put them in a position where, uh, well, we'll 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 see here. But it uh, it ends up leaving a lot of people uh, in a very dangerous position, and something that Holden could have avoided by just like making a decision quickly. Like the doctors aren't going to turn around, blow them the fuck up if you're committed to your plan. Yeah. Big problem, Pampa. Detonator safety got fry. Just uh, can't you turn it off? No. Control panel go. Got to keep finger on the button on time. I start. Sixty second reset. Best we can do. Jesus. God damn it. This thing blows. Set of all the other bombs. Well, the Navu gets here to screw up the trajectory. This whole thing will be for nothing. So. We dead. It wouldn't screw the trajectory. It would kill them, but it wouldn't screw up the trajectory. Go. Get back to the ship. Better go before I change my mind and hand this thing back to you. But then also, um, you know, Miller doing the the noble thing there, um, which he he has a either a, a, a death drive or um, a, a very noble moral character, depending on how you want to how you want to read him. But uh, he's always ready to sacrifice himself. Uh, in this point, you know, picking a fight with a nuclear bomb, continuing his tradition of picking <laughs> fights with the wrong people. I, it just kind of reads to me that he's just out of fucks. He's just yeah, fresh yeah. out, and he just goes, "Fuck it this This was obviously how this was going to end. Just get out of here, kid. This this was obviously going to go this way. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. Yeah, no, we're gonna absolutely. just see. We're gonna see this through. I mean his his fate was sealed the moment he got off the ship and spacewalked. Yeah, yeah. But I got to say, like the way that he embraces this, he does, he goes in like eyes wide open, knows exactly what's up. And honestly, like in your, you're going to see this in this next clip, like the way that he approaches it, he's just like, eh, whatever. might as well enjoy the view. And it's the most belter he's ever been. It really is. It's so good. And then and, it's you know, so, so confusing. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, so he picks a, uh. He picks a very nice scenic spot yeah. for his last moments. He's kind of like, you know, I, I had a, my cousin went to Colorado uh, College, which is in a, um, uh, not Boulder, it's in um, Colorado Springs, yeah. uh, which is famously the site of NORAD. So like, when you're thinking like nuclear war, NORAD's obviously one of the first places to get nuked. And my cousin had a professor <laughs> yeah. 
who had a, a beautiful view of his, you know, his balcony looked out towards, um, God, what's the name of the mountain? But the, um, Long's I forget Beach? the, yeah, whatever the mountain, whatever well, mountain. Red Norad Rocks is, is over ish in that area too. No, no, no. But, but Norad is buried underneath a mountain. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his balcony looked out towards that particular mountain. I forget the name <laughs> of it. It's like something dome. And he's like, when I hear the missiles are coming, I'm going to grab one of my nice scotches, a cigar, and just go sit out on my balcony and watch NORAD get obliterated. And, you know, when, the when you know the apocalypse is coming, get a nice view. And so Miller obviously has the same sensibility. So he gets himself a nice view. He's got the, the Naboo coming in. He's ready to release the detonator. And everything goes according to plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plan. Uh-huh. See, that was such a great end to that episode. Yeah, it's such a great end of just being like, what? It's all and well, it's all of that that heart wrenching, you know, preparing to go to that final battle. Everyone, you know, it's all operatic and epic, and then it's just oh, it 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 just moved. Plot twist. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, the the statue on top of uh, not just the Naboo, but every Mormon temple across the world—that's Gabriel. Um, who's right. blowing a trumpet to announce God or Jesus is coming again, you know, be like, hey, this is it. It's time for it's time for y'all to get yours. And so it is fitting that Gabriel's kind of charging in there and then kind of best laid plans of uh, mice and men. <laughs> yeah, it missed. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, the reaction when that happens in the situation room is fantastic uh i just love that everyone immediately is blaming the scientist for not having an explanation i really feel bad for this dude <laughs> like this the head science officer for the military just is man he's got a rough he's got a rough role in this entire has series no idea what's going on no. and has to explain complicated things that and it doesn't yeah, get he doesn't any better next about. season either like yeah. Nothing Shit goes well for this hill. dude. <laughs> it's go. basically what Tim does to you at the start of every show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nearly. Hey, my, no. my, mine is nothing compared to this. No. Excuse me. 
I got some crackpot report. Eros, the whole damn asteroid is moving under its own power. It's not exactly possible, yet that's what we've got. Moving to where? Unknown, but it's deorbiting sunward. Do we know why? We do not. The Mormon generation ship was heading for Eros before the incident. Fred Johnson claimed it was an engine test, but given the Nauvoo's speed and trajectory, it was on a collision course with Eros, which means story. he's lying to us. Madam, the Mormon leadership in Salt Lake is claiming Johnson stole the Nauvoo after forcibly removing all their people from the ship. Mormons are How does a big rock like Eros suddenly turn into a ship? Madam, I don't know. That poor motherfucker. <laughs> it's just constantly, do we know? I do not. Do you know about this? I do not. Madam, I don't know. <laughs> Explain the unexplainable. I logically cannot. <laughs> it's so good. Uh... Then, so we jump down to the Rosinante, where they're also grappling with this because the people on the Rosinante, they spend a lot of time in space thinking about how to move things like ships and like the fact that planets like Planets tend to stay where they are in their orbits, and they don't yeah. just, like, jump out of that orbit for no reason. The they, whole F equals MA, yeah. uh, you know, bodies in motion stay in motion, bodies at rest yeah, stay they, in they rest have, unless acted upon. They've got a lifetime of experience with interacting with Newtonian physics. It It's a very established frame of reference for them. <laughs> and then that happens. Here we go. If Arrow stopped rotating that quick, I'd be dead as a bug on a windshield. Oh, okay, so we broke a few laws of physics here. Maybe God's trying to play a magic trick. Eris is, what, 7,000 trillion kilos, give or take? Its temperature's She's gone up two correct. degrees. I, yeah, it's putting out... 7,000 trillion kilos. Around 10 exajoules. Yeah. That's the energy of a two gigaton bomb. You couldn't move Eros like that with a two gigaton blast. No. I think we're looking she, at the waste here. Please, the laws of thermodynamics still hold. At least we still have that. If Eros isn't spinning anymore, how can I still have gravity? Dresden said the proto-molecule would break all the rules. Yeah, he also said that stuff, it's not from around here, so who the heck are we to say what it's capable of? I Go mean, to the next clip real quick. Yep. Thermodynamics. Lisa, get in here. <laughs> in this house, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> At least that still holds. At least Homer can't be that mad at Eros because uh, the laws of thermodynamics still holding true. I wish I would have realized that, that was a small clip and I would have framed it <laughs> properly, but whatever. <laughs> it did exactly the proper job. <laughs> but, so, but so later on in the episode, and I didn't cut this clip, so we'll just talk about it now, but they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. and. Yeah. Uh, somebody calls it a zero-point energy engine. And I know what a zero-point energy engine is. I could explain it perfectly if I wanted to. But Chris, for those of our audience who might not know what zero-point energy is. No. <laughs> I'm not doing this. But I, it's the concept, as far as I understand it, is basically you're ignoring Newton, Newtonian yeah. dynamics. Like, we have those in, in Half-Life. There's the zero-point energy gun. And that allows you to ignore inertia, gravity, all of that stuff to basically like have a way to motivate an object without the Newtonian trade-off, right? Like if I push an object, I wouldn't get pushed back. Like there's mm -hmm. no, there's no, there's no exchange of energy between those things. I'm, I'm basically creating energy yeah. when I shouldn't be able to do that. Energy can neither be created and, nor destroyed in the universe. It can only be transferred. And that is literally as far as my understanding of zero point energy goes. Like, yeah. 
this this basically is you know I, presumably it's the kind of a thing that a military you know industrial complex 2400 you know or in the year 2400 it's the kind of thing you could imagine that they would be dumping a whole bunch of money into researching about like yeah okay and then they their immediate presumption is like well this thing doesn't do what we expect it to do the martians must have figured out this trick to this thing that we've been researching for so long because it's just like the russians back in the 1970s like they've got all of the answers when in fact what they really just had was actually a a better standard of living for pretty much everybody behind uh, the Iron Curtain versus the well, it's, poverty it's like, in this uh, country and around the you world. Know, Earth, and... Earth blinked and Mars became a type 2 civilization and nobody really knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually exactly what happened. Uh, and they didn't send any communique beforehand. They're just like, no, we are a type 2 civilization. We crush you like bug. It's like, oh, no, what? Yeah. That's not how this would work. Anyway, um, yeah, let's just move on. But now, now uh, Eros is, they're beginning to plot where Eros is going because you need a couple of different, like, data points to chart a trajectory, right? And now they figured out where Earth is going, and nobody in the situation nope. where Eros is, is going. happy. No, yeah, no, no, where Eros is going. Sorry. You said Earth. But nobody, yeah, sorry about Slip. that. But no, no, one in, no one in the situation room is happy to get this information. They're all no. quite upset by it, and for good reason. Collect, commence the collective pants shitting uh, in yeah. three, two, one. We have to embrace the obvious conclusion that Eros is some kind of weapon system unlike anything we've seen. Oh, yes, a weapon. And Hammer thinks everything is an AR. I assume built by Mars. Who else? They provoke a conventional war as a smoke screen, <laughs> then hurl this thing at us. Admiral Wynn, he's the worst. Anything from Mars? It's nothing but denials and confusion. What's happening? There was a strange trajectory again. And it's accelerating. It's denials and confusion. <laughs> it's yeah. now on a direct collision course with Earth. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah, that would pretty much kill like everyone by their math. Like that, uh, that would that would be a planet killer. I think that they said it was something like fourteen billion is the uh, projected death toll. Seven to seven to ten billion in the initial impact, yeah. and another ten billion oh. based on the environmental devastation afterwards. Yeah, uh, I thought it was know, four like, in the first one. You know, that's like a shock wave. Like when that when that rock hits, it does its thing, and then you'd have a shockwave traveling around the planet at yep. the speed of sound several times. Yep. Fucking shut up! Plus all of the debris. Like that's if the you've ever heard problem. the radio, yeah, if you've ever heard the Radio Lab episode about how the dinosaurs died, you know the the comet impacted and it threw a bunch of stuff up into the atmosphere. Some of which reached escape velocity and probably hit the moon. Others mm-hmm. like didn't quite reach escape velocity and just came raining down across the globe as molten rock. Just literally igniting everything in its path and basically just cauterizing the surface of the planet. Yeah. And, and you also, see that in the fossil record too. It's, it's kind of nifty. Yeah. And it also created a gigantic dust cloud that yeah. encircled the planet and literally just caused immediate, what would be the equivalent of like nuclear winter uh, for a long fucking time, which kills off all of the vegetation, which then completely collapses all ecosystems and basically, life has to rebuild from the rubble uh, all over again, and hence the rise of uh, the rise of mammals. Uh, we started hey. as cute little critters that could go hide and stuff, and now we are destroying the planet <sighs> all on our so, own. So, so yeah, Earth. Uh...
definitely just shifted their priorities as far as what they are and are not willing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's that so, that change happened real fast. Yeah, so now they, an existential crisis. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So the, it, it makes sense that the this is the plan that they come up with. That massive heat spike oh, before Eros left. What if that's the sea crystal that creepy guy was talking about? That's the engine that's moving Eros. I have a terrible idea. If Miller can get in there close with that warhead, he could kill it. Stop Eros in its tracks. Not the worst plan. Maybe. Sure. Why not? I mean, yeah. who the fuck knows at this point? But the plan that I was thinking about is um, is this That plan. one's coming up. Yeah. 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 That's this, this next one, which, you know, uh, that clip was kind of self-explanatory. Let's move on to this plan. We'll sterilize the detonation zone with a second wave of missiles. Which, the first wave is to blow Ready up. Ready the arsenal. And then they're concerned. So the, the reason why they're talking about sterilizing the blast zone is you blow it up, and now you've just got lots of little rocks that are all contaminated in whatever. Uh, and then to sterilize it, the plan would then be to have a second volley that would go and just create a gigantic... Uh, secondary uh, cloud of nuclear radiation uh, and force that would just obliterate everything. Um, and I, I do like the, 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 the science. Well, I do like the fact that the science officer, without any knowledge of what happened on Phoebe, where the proto molecule came from, any of that stuff, was like, wait, could this live in a vacuum? Like, he starts asking all these relevant questions about, like, hey, yo, what if we do that? And it's like, it's a, a question that we here on the planet Earth in the now have had to ask several times when it comes to things like chemical and biological weapons. When we're like, hey, we have these crazy chemicals. What happens if they get out? Like, how do we take care of them? You know, that's why we don't just like launch all of our nukes into the sky to get rid of them and like pacify the world. Like, there's a lot of questions that come along with how do you actually control that detonation and that destruction? Yep. And so at least Science Guy has like a little bit more wherewithal than, than Sadavir, <laughs> who's like, uh, okay, I need to cover up my crimes. Let's let's nuke my crimes. Well, and then nuke Admiral- my crimes. <laughs> nuke my crimes. Yeah, like there there are three plans here. One is Earth, which is throw all of our nukes at it. One is the Miller plan, which is throw the biggest ship we can possibly find at it. And then Naomi goes hey let's just take this nuke that we have and go to the source of where shit is happening and then just blow it up there but she's the one who says that she has the terrible idea (laughs) (laughs) fair point but I, i i also love that the response to the science guy being like what happens when we blow it up like is that going to make things worse like is it going to actually solve the problem and then admiral win is like we don't have time for your scientific bullshit we must no, blow it I up. That, I, no, I think that's Sadavir that oh, says that. Oh, was it? That. Oh. Yeah. And there, uh. there, he basically like poo-poos the idea of asking critical questions <laughs> at this very dangerous point no time. in time. Must act. Um, which is, you know, always the way you should act under pressure is make <laughs> panic decisions without critical thinking, knee-jerk reactions. And his solution is, we'll send more missiles afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, that was his placating. Oh, don't worry, Mr. Science Man. We'll send more missiles. Let's do so we've we got more a nukes. lot. More nukes. What what happens what happens with the snakes? Well, we get these gorillas that exclusively eat the snakes. <laughs> well then what do we do with the gorillas? Will they freeze to death in the winter? So I, I actually just learned about uh the, the cobra situation uh in India. 
back under the when British colonizers were there and they're like, they've got all these cobras. Like, this is a problem. Let's offer a bounty for the cobras. And uh, Indian peasants were like, let me do the math for a moment. Oh, my God. I can make money giving dead cobras to the Brits. And that more than covers the cost of raising new cobras. So they just started breeding cobras. And then as soon as the Brits got wind of this, they're like, oh, fuck. This didn't work very well. No more bounties for cobras. So then all the cobra farmers were like, well, fuck that. And they just let them all go. So they ended up with more cobras at the end of this plan to eradicate the cobra population in India. Because they didn't understand that economic solutions and incentives don't always work. Nature is healing. (laughs) Unintended consequences. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So speaking of unintended consequences, one of the things that uh, nobody really understood about this and we've seen it pop back and forth a little bit, is the the voices from Eros, right? It creates not just the uh, thump and beats that power all of the social life on Tycho Station and Ceres, uh, but they also seem to be a kind of an internal communications mechanism within this organism, or at least an indicator of what the fuck is happening with it, because, uh, well, Miller, he sees and hears some shit, so... Uh, yeah, here we go. What was that? Naomi, I didn't get... I didn't catch you. Miller, I didn't say anything. (laughs) You can hear it in the background when you know what you listen for. (laughs) Well, also, just, just Miller, I didn't say anything. And then Miller, you could just, in his head, he goes, well, that shit ain't good. (laughs) (laughs) So, am I crazy? Ooh, uh, no, I don't think I'm crazy. That's really not good. Yeah, and then exactly. he has to, and then he has to tend to the world's worst Tamagotchi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly Only what this it is. time, if you don't feed it, it kills you and yeah. everyone else. <laughs> Literally everyone Again, else. Again, I will point out. Just you know, I understand they have to do it for dramatic effect in in the show. But the length of a minute seems to vary wildly from scene to scene. Oh, you know, oh yeah, depending on the, 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 the timer. Yeah, he was like on the he was... ladder longer than a minute before he yeah, hit that and, shit. And you're like, I think he's nuked at this point. Like, I think he's done. But you know, so be it. No, no, also, no. You the alarm out, just Chris, keeps getting faster. <laughs> yeah, but Chris, as you pointed out a couple of episodes ago, uh, the amount of gravity on Eros would not actually be that troublesome no. for him. Like moving that bomb should be pretty easy. Like it the, should not be Earth ne- normal gravity. He could do a three point shot for that motherfucker, and it would go an entire football field distance. Like it's not a problem. Like, it. it uh, anyway. I, you can't. I, it's just too expensive to film that, though. We'll we'll, we'll no, give him a break. No, on that. but it also like it just it genuinely like I don't know what they do in the books for this, but like, do people walk around on Eros not in gravity boots? I I think they're mainly wearing the the magnetic boots, but okay. uh, that's what yeah. I mean, I, mean boots, I, yeah. I don't think they spend too much time on it. The first book uh, is less scientifically heavy than later books um, because they got you know more staff and more help and like gotcha. more people like oh this is really cool and so. They even like they they mentioned a couple of times in in interviews that as the season's gone on and as the the books and stuff and especially the TV show got criticism from the scientific community they worked to make it more realistic they worked to be like okay let's what? see how we can meld this plot and the actual science and physics of space you, you mean that they got criticized for having you pour a whiskey and it goes into the glass like they got 
They got all your letters, Chris. <laughs> they got Excellent. them all. <laughs> I didn't even find out about the show until like season two. But anyway. But so, uh, so now Eros, uh, like the whatever's going on in Eros seems to have a will and seems to have the ability to know what's going on millions of miles away from it. Because like oh, yeah. Eros is pretty far out there uh, where from where Earth is. And Earth just launched half of their nuclear arsenal and uh that causes a little bit of consternation um amongst the proto molecule um and so let's let's see that one real quick hi what's going on out there what do you should ask earth just launched half her nuclear arsenal and i'm guessing they just target locked arrow station huh. you, uh, sure that's a good idea well, the UN didn't check with us first. But it does mean you and I need to pick up the pace down there. <laughs> Busted ass wheelie. Yeah, that squeaky wheel is hilarious. What the hell up now? Where's Eros? I can't find it. Hold it. We just lost radar lock on Eros. The whole damn station just vanished. Acknowledge, Tycho. It's off our radar, too, but it's still right there. We have visual. It's just... It's just not reflecting radar anymore. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. The protomolecule can just go stealth when they feel like it. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like, when you, when you are... Um, I'm, I'm going to say that the builders, the proto-molecule makers, probably type 2 civilization. They seem to have control not just of their own planet, but probably of the solar system, multiple solar systems. Not entire galaxy. They're not quite class 3, but they're at least a class 2. Uh, them laws of physics get a lot more malleable when you get to that level of, like, galactic consciousness, apparently. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, sure. Who knows? Why not? If you if you are looking for a good read after the after listening to the podcast, uh, Google up uh, the Kardashev scale. There's a really good uh, Kasurgazat's uh, video on yeah, it, but it's a very so interesting good. way of looking at uh, kind of civilizational progress, at least in a thought experiment way. And and a type two civilization is exponentially more advanced than where we are now. Even though one and two seem very close together, it's it's not even logarithmically different. It's exponentially different. Um, but that being said, uh, Fred Johnson goes to the source uh, to be like, hey, creepy dude, what the fuck is going on here? And it also raises the question, you know, if they hadn't killed Dresden, would he want to help them stop Eros? Uh, no. Who knows? <laughs> Actually, he... Because uh, I don't he, know if Dresden went through the procedure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and think his Dresden's whole thing. Enough, yeah. And Dresden's whole thing. Yeah. Fucking monster. Dresden's whole thing was we need to figure out what this can do for us because they fired the first shot. Yeah. So I Dresden would definitely be like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, we right. can't we can't have it kill humanity. That's not what I. That's what it was sent here to do. do in the first place. Yeah. Let's yeah, stop that. He, he said that. Yeah. He said they were aiming for life on Earth. And so he I think he's kind of officer yeah, yeah. like we need to protect the home planet like that. You know, that's the cradle of humanity, the cradle of our species. We need to we need to save that place. So, you know, I'm sitting. you know, you guys were both like shoot him in the fucking head. Now I'm like, now look where you are. Now you're just stuck with some creepy pedophile. 
Yeah, uh, but we can shoot him in the head later, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Logan, we have a bad we have a bad track record of picking plans here. <laughs> Spells a louder. <laughs> Eros is moving towards Earth. On its own. What can you tell me about that? <laughs> the flower is unfolding. Jesus it's buddy. becoming. How can we stop it? I have no idea. Why would you want to stop it? I also so like this, this habit everyone has of walking up to a science guy and being like, what do we do? And the science guy's like, I don't fucking know. Or in this case, why would you want to do anything to yeah. change this? We must watch and observe and learn. Fucking such a creepy bastard. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Fred did not consider the possibility of the scientist going, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, I don't think that was on the list of responses no. he expected. Probably not. Uh, good stuff. So uh, moving on to Butterfly. You want to open us up on this one? You know, this is, so this is going back to the, uh, the situation room. Uh, obviously Eros can no longer be tracked by the missiles by, you know, their fancy instruments. They need somebody with uh, boots on the ground and eyes on the rock. And, uh, there is only one crew in the entire expanse. That's got ha. those two things. Ha. Yes. Madam Avicerola, I'm James up. Holden, captain of the Rossum. <laughs> Everyone I've seen like, firsthand the hell that's oh, going on inside fuck of us, and it mustn't be allowed guy. to reach Earth. Fred Johnson is honorable. Give him access to your missiles and my crew and I will guide them in. There's no time to bargain. We can only choose to trust each other. I pray that we will. Good thing the assassins missed. You can't trust this man. Sir James Holden is neck deep in everything that's happening. He's Fred Johnson's puppet. On any other day, this discussion would get us shot for treason, then thrown into a lunatic asylum. Give him the guidance control of the missiles, Mr. Secretary. I vouch for James Holden. We can trust him. What the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the master calls the butterfly. Honestly, not what I want to hear the president say no. in that particular moment. Honestly, I think that the, the the secretary general might be the dumbest boy alive. <laughs> <laughs> I there's just so many words being said and absolutely zero substance behind it. I honestly feel like they just wheeled him out there to just say various placating words and everyone went, Hey, good. Let him in. The last guy sucked. So this guy's boring and has no relevance to what's happening to us today. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it also, I, I do have to say it is a cool quote. I do. I do like the quote in of itself. It's very poetic. It's, you know, it is. I studied so. too much philosophy. I, it kind of gets me in the, in the, you know, sort of deep seeming things that you can say. But this is not the time for philosophical reflection. 
especially, not appropriate. Especially the, the uh, caterpillar to butterfly thing. Just going, so uh, things are gonna end. And, then and some of us beautiful. might be on the other side, but I'm not sure. That's something you want your leader to say. Yeah, exactly. Many of us, many of us will die, but it's okay. Change is inevitable. This too shall pass. Get your Zen on. Yeah, no. Fuck Meanwhile, that. and here's the thing: the Mormons, they had the plan. <laughs> Their plan would have worked. Run the fuck away. <laughs> they would have been fine. I still, I'm, I actually legitimately want to see someone do what you were talking about earlier, Squirrel, like last time we were recording, with, with the idea of a, you know, a, a, a short sci-fi series set on that generation ship when everything goes to shit and they're just like, well, now what? It's like a Bioshock in space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway. But so uh, the, the crew of the Rocinante, uh either has to, like, put their lives on the line or cut bait at this point. Uh, well, because Eros has decided to speed the fuck up. Well, because they did... The, so the UN does decide to give control of the targeting system... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. ...over. So then the so then the, the Rossi, they target Eros with a laser, and then that laser is what the missiles are coming after. Yeah. Um, and, and Eros doesn't like that. Eros, Eros does not like, like that. No, 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 no. And just <laughs> nopes the fuck away from the Rossinata. <laughs> yep. And obviously the Rossi has to stay in range, or you lose the target pain. Yeah, so... Uh, Oh, it pushes the limits of human endurance, and uh, let, let's see that. I saw, I saw them saying numbers, and I knew you would just like this. Incoming from the Rosinante, 13-minute <laughs> transmission bad. delay. The ship is ramping to a 15G burn to match speed with the target. Yeah, it will auto-lock on arrows for the missiles. <laughs> you'd be Survivability so of the crew is questionable beyond this point. They're going to stay with arrows, even if it kills them. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is like in the expansion universe. There is the um, uh, shit. I forget what they call it. that. The juice. The I forget what the the juice. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's it basically stops you from stroking out as easily. It doesn't save you completely. But when a ship needs to do a hard burn, it and I assume what it does is it just keeps your blood from pooling in certain parts of your body. It just sort of keeps perfusion because that's what kills you ultimately. Is uh, your blood goes to your extremities. Uh, it gets uh, you get blood clots breaking free or forming in your brain. You have a stroke, you pass out and you die. Your heart stops working, your lungs stop working. You can't deliver oxygen and all that good stuff to your body, and you just sort of like you die. So the goo fucks with the viscosity most likely of your blood and makes it like uh, stay in place a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, they they juice themselves to the gill and they decide to follow the Rossi or follow Eris as much as they can. And then ultimately make the call. They can't do that because Miller's like, hey, things down here are going really fucking bad. Back the fuck off and let me handle this with with my nuke, with my Tamagotchi. And as he's coming to this conclusion, he sees this bird and we see this bird pop up a lot. Like there's something about this bird and the the creators, the the builders of the protomolecule. Um, for some reason, this bird really has some symbolism like within their weird technology or within their minds, which later on in the series, we learn some bits and pieces about the builders of the protomolecule. Uh, but, you know, they were biological beings. They lived on planets that had flora and fauna and apparently had bird type creatures. 
Yeah. Can't quite see it in this shot, but it's there. Like, that's what that slightly out of focus thing right in front of Miller's head is, is the, the wing of the bird. Um, but yeah, the, the, the slow flapping bird in, in microgravity is a repeated visual. And it actually, Miller sees it and responds to it in, I think, like episode one or yeah, two. Yeah, one of the He was seeing it all shots. across series. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the first shots when you see Miller. He goes to his mm-hmm. apartment, he looks out the window, and he sees the little bird flapping and then fly off. And yep. it keeps popping up. It even pops up. Uh, during a very climactic point in James Holden's life coming next season. Um, and one where we get some insight into what happened to the builders and, you know, why people's assumptions oh, about this were a little bit off. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Um, but yeah, so while this is happening, we get the, uh, the first meeting. Uh, and this is going to be a long clip, folks, but this is, uh, this is inside the former Blue Falcon. Yes. You need to wake up now, kid. looks like a pilot chair, effectively. You're on Eros, kid. Eros Station. Not what it used to be. It's a step up, actually. What happened to me? I don't like it. Hey, you never really officially met. I'm Miller. Used to be a cop on series. Uh, I was supposed to find you, bring you home. Kidnap job. Yeah, kind of cocked that up though. They left me here all alone. They never came for me. Listen, Julie. Right now, this station, this rock is headed for Earth real fast. I dreamed that I was. Yeah. I was going home. Yeah, we're, we're gonna need to stop that, Jules. No. You can't take the razor back. Mm, you never took shit from anyone, did you? But you're driving this bus, Julie. Do you know that? I miss Earth. I know. You can't go to Earth. A lot of good people are gonna die if we go there. They're the same people you're fighting for. I can't make it stop. It won't stop. Okay, Julie, but you gotta try. Can't stop the work. All right, we don't stop the work. But uh, we don't have to go to Earth, right? Why don't we go to Venus? We're headed that way anyway. Go to Venus. Work continues. I don't think I can. I believe in you. Didn't you need a guy like me? 
even something. I know you're a fighter. I know. You can steer the ship. I'm done fighting. I just want to go home. A little bit forward on Miller's part. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just met you. This might be crazy, but here's my nuke. Call me, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. She's just like, what is this? And he's like, it can't hurt you. While it's just like, just powering down. Clearly, like the proto molecule is like, mm, food. (laughs) Yeah. Energy? You have energy? Can I have energy? I can take all the energy. I would would like some energy, please. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So that that was actually, honestly, it's one of the one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. Um, And then it's followed up by um, this.
tits. It's like he's part of the LA Sheriffs or something like that. Everybody's <laughs> just like, oh, shit, let's see what happens. Yeah. Earth is safe. Pour one out for Miller. And, I mean, it's, it's big bada they, boom. They, yeah, they they play it as though everyone's watching that in real time. At the same time, there's you know I didn't cut the clip of Officer Alla sitting on a roof or laying on a roof watching it, but obviously there's some significant light delay going on. Nobody's watching that in real time. Uh, but Diogo getting the you know back when when being a belter was kind of the the hot new trend. Uh, the spacesuits that you had to wear burned very hot and would leave scars of burn you know uh. Of, uh, it would singe your flesh because it was so hot um the seals and everything and from working in them and so you can see anderson dawes he has the real scars yes, right but the new yeah. people who use the the new uh wussified spacesuits they have to get the <laughs> tattoos to show the to mimic those same scars so that's what diogo's <laughs> getting and well yeah and then the show is officially the, joining opa some of those factions though they take those tattoos a little you're just yeah. like uh Zoomer belters. Goddamn. <laughs> anyway, uh it's a it's a it's a truly a poetic ending. Uh mm-hmm. Miller and Julie riding off into the sunset. Uh in this case the the actually it was the morning star is the other name for Venus. Uh so yeah. not so much the sunset, so much <laughs> literally just like the most earth like planet in our solar system. Um yep. potentially earth like planet aside from like the sulfuric well no uh, it, 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 it is the most earth-like in terms of geology and stuff yes. it has a, a spinning molten core it's very earth-like if it wasn't as close to the sun yeah. it presumably could still have an atmosphere might be able to produce life but it's oh. almost tidally locked it's not quite tidally locked it's... like mercury is but it has the longest day in our solar system mainly because we have no fucking idea how long it takes for saturn or jupiter to actually spin because True. we don't understand the physics of gas giants yet. But as of right now, the longest day in but the solar system is Venus. Minor minor correction there. It, Venus does have an atmosphere. Venus actually has too much of an atmosphere. Like that's oh, fair enough. That's yeah. the problem. It is and it's not just too much of an atmosphere. It's too much of an atmosphere full of a whole bunch of really nasty shit. Uh, which is why uh, basically the only thing that we've managed to land on Venus and get any... We, we do have photographs of what the surface of, me, of Venus looks like, and it looks like a desolate wasteland. Um, but we got those from the Soviet probes that were built like fucking tanks, landed, yeah. took pictures, and then melted. Uh, yeah. And and Venus is less studied than Mars is, than the yep. moon is. Um, one of the least studied planets in our solar system, uh, mainly because, as you mentioned, it's very hard to get stuff there. But the... Um, uh, the probe that's currently getting closer and closer to the sun uh, has been doing some flybys of Venus because it's using Venus as the slingshot Ooh. to go back around to the sun and get perihelion on the sun, and has found some very interesting stuff. And so it's um, you know an exciting time to be studying space right now. There's some really cool stuff going on. Yay, space! Yes. Yeah, yeah. All but right. So, so now now we're heading into uh, the back half of season two. Um, Earth is uh, Earth doesn't know what the fuck just happened. They just gave up 
half of their nuclear arsenal, and these are no. big planet-busting nukes. They just oh. lost half of their nuclear arsenal while they're heading headlong into uh, a true. war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to dive into that one as, and see <laughs> that that plot accelerate in the next couple episodes. Oh, Mars finally gets to do some interesting stuff. Yes, yes. One part that we uh, didn't have in a clip is when those missiles became practically useless, Drummer just told Fred Johnson, don't worry about it, I'll take care of this. I'm going to send them on a journey. Yeah, and I'm sure they all just got tossed into the I sun mean, there's a well, there's a picture well, about, of them with a net <laughs> yeah well about yeah about 30 percent of them were uh they were able to override the self-destruct sequences yep. from earth mm -hmm. and so uh tycho station now has a a rather large nuclear arsenal <laughs> rather large yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, so uh, you know, we'll go. Uh, we'll go the belt, and then we'll go to Mars because Mars does have some cool stuff coming up. But so, uh, what what is the the next half of the season looking like for the belt, Logan? I mean, right now looking pretty good. Uh, got that nuclear arsenal. Uh, got some at least satisfaction for Eros. Uh, Ceres is perfectly secure, and. Uh, Earth and Mars didn't uh, obliterate them. So <laughs> they're feeling pretty damn good. And now they have some semblance of defense. And right now they're looking like, hey, we might actually have a legit chance at the big boy table. And yeah. that's pretty much where they are right now, or at least as far as, you know, Fred Johnson is. Um, and so as far as the belt is concerned, they're, actually in a very good position mostly because they did all the hard work to save the system yeah yep and what about mars chris well, where's where's mars sitting so mars is basically still in a state of like what the fuck is happening um followed promptly by a who is this weird you know trillionaire giving us a a call on this you know on the secret bat phone like what's what's this an opportunity um, yeah, so Mars is pissed, uh, because, uh, Deimos went boom. Uh, haven't forgotten about that for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the war dogs are, are, are itching to be unleashed upon the solar system. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it's, things are, things are setting up to start clicking into high gear here soon, but they're still very much in a, a hurry up and wait kind of a situation, like a bit of a holding pattern at the moment. Um, but shit's about to go off in a very, very serious way. So uh, Mars is like, you know, on the outside, but looking in and getting ready to, you know, they're warming up. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely some cool stuff coming up. Um, we'll let you all know how the schedule goes. It's going to depend on, on how my shift schedule goes. But we will definitely keep on watching this. Uh, we're aiming to be caught up to season six or the second half of season five, really, uh, which is going to be the ultimate season of The Expanse, uh, which should be coming out in December-ish is what they're predicting. We're still waiting for the actual release date, but we'll let you all know about that. But hopefully by the time we get to season six's release, we will be doing a real re kind of real-time watch and react. So that should be pretty fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Have yourselves a lovely weekend. Uh, like I said, uh, if you just made it through all three of the podcasts I just <laughs> uploaded, uh, congratulations. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. That was a lot of listening. <laughs> oh, I pity whoever does that. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in, y'all. This has been great. Uh, we'll see you next time. May nah, probably not next week, but next time. Anyway. Soon. Soon. Oh, <laughs> See ya. 